The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get a $100 free bet on sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Yes, sir. Welcome to a spooky edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice, you know the guy. It's me, really Ralph, villain Ralph, Ralph Furman Jr. And if you are watching live on YouTube, I may not beat Ralph Furman Jr., but there is something creeping in tonight. You know, a little, hey, I can still, I can still hit a little something now, Scott. Hey, I got my guy, Scott Studio, Rochelle. It is Halloween NBA night on Halloween. Super excited. I got my Michael Jackson Thriller jacket on. Scott, before I told you it was Michael Jackson Thriller, you knew that, you knew that, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Make it short. Make it short. Make it short. Yeah. Scott had a little bit of moves. Scott Studio Rochelle, everybody. He is here as Scott Studio Rochelle, everybody. Uh, for the occasion, since the Brown, since uh, the Browns are playing tonight, I decided to just wear a brown polo shirt. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm rocking with. But yeah, uh, definitely good to be back. I know the NFL was good for me this weekend. Hit a nice three pick uh, player prop parlay. Yeah. At about forty to one, so I made about two grand on that, which was nice. Uh, besides that. NBA was, well, to be honest, a shit show over the weekend. Not really for me, more for my actual team because the Nets lost to the Pacers, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. So there's an immediate rematch later on, which is going to be interesting. But the NBA has been definitely eventful, game in, game out. And the Nets were so bad against the Pacers over the weekend, people forgot that the Warriors lost back-to-back games to the Hornets and the Pistons. So definitely some... Top yeah, tier teams did. that are yeah. underachieving right now. So, yeah. All right. Ca- hey, Captain, good morning. What's going on? Look, the chat is about to start booming. Everybody's getting in. We ha- it's a Halloween edition. Things get crazy. You talked about the Browns. NFL underdogs are 12 4 1 on Halloween. That's crazy, just in that and a fact of itself. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the uh, Giants are one of those four. I-, I-, I sneakily feel like the Giants are one of those four. But either way, we're here. We're having a great time. We're about to – I mean, it was homecoming weekend, so I was in and out the slate this weekend. I wasn't surprised when, you know, the Lakers got destroyed by Timber. Well, didn't get destroyed, but they ended up not covering against Timberwolves and then came back and won against the Nuggets in the second time they met this season. The Nuggets are really overrated to me. I think at this point they're just really overrated. They're a team that should be really good when they try, except for some reason the effort level is just not there game in, game out, which is kind of concerning, but – I don't know. We'll see. But the Lakers finally got one. Uh, congrats to them. You know, they can hang Russ, the banner now. Bringing Russ off the, bench, off the bench. They're bringing Russ off the bench. And he looked good last night. Like, he looked good coming off the bench last night. He was shooting the ball pretty decently, making some plays, able to be like playmaker Russ with, you know, just him and a bunch of other guys on the court. So that was good to see. Yeah. And that's something the Lakers need to do because we know with LeBron and AD on the court, they should be taking basically every shot. So if you move Westbrook down to the second unit where he's with pretty, let's just say, underwhelming 
uh, underwhelming's supporting cast with him, Mm -hmm. then I do think that should allow Westbrook to be more aggressive offensively since, you know, who else is going to shoot the ball? (laughs) So I feel like he can still get his volume with the second unit. But a nice win there for the Lakers. Once again, it's one game. They're still one and five. So it's not like they're suddenly figuring it all out. They had a good performance. We'll see how Mm -hmm. it goes moving forward. It also helps that the Lakers did shoot 43.3% from three compared Mm -hmm. to their season average of about 20 and a half. So they shot really well from three. And if that happens in the league, you're going to win games. So that was definitely a big factor. I just thought about this and I just had to go back and check. Look at the top. What's this? Six teams in the NBA right now with five Mm -hmm. wins, five and oh, Milwaukee. We'll talk about them later today. Portland, five and one Cleveland, five and one. The Phoenix five and one San Antonio and Utah five and two to start the season. Mm -hmm. Two teams that we just knew in the beginning of the season, they were headed straight to the lottery. Now they could, you know, still get there in theory, but they're hot to start the season. What what are your thoughts on this San Antonio team? Who's given it to Timberwolves a couple of times, three times this season, actually already. Yeah. uh, San Antonio has been the biggest, I'd say shocker to me. Utah, I thought, would be bad, but at least when you end up trading away your star players, you know, you're getting something back in return. And I watched Utah play in the season opener against Denver when they just smacked them by 20. And I could just tell while I'm watching this team, like, all right, this isn't a fluke. This team's actually pretty good. Like, mm. I could just tell by watching that that team has playing aspirations, something like that. I just thought that they were overall, maybe not necessarily an elite team in terms of overall talent at the top. But in terms of depth, I was very impressed by Utah. And it feels like they have eight or nine guys that are actually reliable in a given rotation, which is something a lot of teams don't have. San Antonio is absolutely shocking to me because it wasn't even just the fact that they have been rolling despite rumors of tanking. They lost to Charlotte by 20-plus points at home in the first game of the season. And then they really just started just destroying people. And we thought they are going to be bad. Then Charlotte destroyed him, and we thought, oh, this this Spurs team might be historically bad. And then it turned out it was just a prank because now they're actually good at basketball. So I don't really know what's going on there. They had their own incident over the weekend. They had to Yeah, they lost Primo they go. lost a death piece. They lost a death piece in Joshua yeah. Primo because I, I, I don't get it. Like people uh, I don't even want to get start, started on this on the subject, but just know people I, are stupid. I brought it up because the point is that they were they also lost one of their young players who was expected to play a lot of yeah. minutes this season. And they've still been good. But Pirtle's been good. Uh Keldon Johnson's been really good. And besides that, they're hanging in there and they're winning games. So yeah. that was and kind they of got, the biggest uh, McDermott to back too. McDermott's yeah, McDermott back, back too. But I m- I mentioned the primo news because going into the year when we thought this team was going to tank you figured one of the youngest players in the NBA would probably be an integral piece of the actual team because why not? You'd be throwing him out there getting minutes. And not only has he not been getting minutes, now he's not even on the team and they're winning anyway. So San Antonio has been the biggest shocker to me. But props to Utah because they're actually fun to watch. I don't know how they pulled that off, but they're a fun team to watch. Love it. I love it. I love it. All right, Scott, let's go ahead and get straight into the action on this spooky Halloween slate, we have seven games. First up on the docket, the Sacramento Kings are here in Charlotte. I say here. I'm really not in Charlotte, but I'd be in Charlotte all the time. That it might it might as well be here. I'm you just ratted yourself out, so that's on you. Oh, no, no. Everybody nobody, knows. nobody was going to check you on that until no, you No, no. Everybody knows. Like, everybody right. that be around me knows that, hey, I'm honorary a Charlotte, 
Charlatanian, Charlatanian, Charlotte, I don't know. Hmm. We got to figure that out. Charlotte but, native. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there all the time, every, almost every other day. So it doesn't matter. Sacramento Kings going to play the Charlotte Hornets. Minus two and a half is the line for the Sacramento Kings. Opened up at minus one. Totals, well, I see some threes out there too. So the line is growing. 231 and a half is the total. Opened up at 233, has ticked down, even though over money is coming in. 64% of the bet, 77% of the money on the over, as I see here. All right. After my dad, my dog is trying not to attack me while I'm recording this show injury report we have terry rozier and cody martin who are both doubtful for this game pretty clean i see here for the sacramento kings i i'll I'll kick it off i'll kick it off because i don't i don't think i see what everybody else sees in the kings after they won one game against memphis i like the hornets in this spot Uh, they didn't even beat memphis by the way they beat miami Miami, yeah, it was Miami. My bad. It wasn't even Memphis. It was Miami. But you always talk about fading Miami on the road anyway. Yeah, as a, as a road favorite, that's yeah. just it's a bad spot. So I don't even have any uh, quality in that win because it's Miami as a road favorite. Like, that's just an easy spot for any team, honestly. And it's been like that for years. And so I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking about what I've seen from this Hornets team. I mean, not this Hornets team, but this Kings team. And they – they deserve what they're talking about being one of the worst teams in the league. Like they just they're, don't. They're really good. bad in the fourth quarter under Mike Brown. They are really yeah. bad in the fourth quarter. And I'm, that's a testament to me just not being all in on Mike Brown as a coach yet. And even if he does have a better stint in Sacramento, like he's had at other hood coaching stints or assistant coaching stints, the, it's not going to all show up in the beginning of the year. Like it's going to take some time to develop and here we are, a Kings team who was pretty decent offensively, 114.2 points per game, 16th in the league, and 38 point, no, 35.6%, 16th in the league from three. But then you have this Charlotte Hornets team who is just better offensively, 118.5 points in the, per game, 5th in the league, 37.6 uh, from three, 10th in the league. Like, every metric that I sit here and I look at compare Charlotte to the Kings – they're better, except defensively. The Kings are slightly better defensively than them, but I, I just not don't see much. it. Both it's really not saying not much. They're bad. Yeah, I mean, they're both bad. I'll say I find, I'll give I the find Kings Charlotte this defensive fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I find I, Charlotte very fascinating because on paper, with all the injuries they have, there is no way that a team is 3-3 three and three with a backcourt of Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. in 2022. Like, I don't know how they're pulling this off. Lamelo hasn't goal, been here all season, and Taylor's got hurt early. He got hurt in the first game against New Orleans. He hasn't played since, but Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. in three and three, like respect. Okay. But yeah, I'm just looking at this. And it's a respectable three and three. Like it's not even just three and three. They could have won a couple of those games. Like, but you look at who they've beaten so far. They beat Atlanta, who is probably going to be a playoff team. They beat Golden State, who I think going into the year was the best team in the league. They won that one in overtime. Yeah. Uh, they also beat San Antonio. We talked about before uh, that turned out to be a pretty good win so far this season. But even their losses, they had one embarrassing showing on Friday night against Orlando. They got mm. buried by 20. But they lost to the Knicks in overtime on the road. Really not a bad loss there. Uh, that's very, very competitive. And they lost to New Orleans. And New Orleans is a world beater in my eyes. So Charlotte's been a pretty solid team. I got to give props to Clifford. He's gotten his team to play hard. 
this King's team has the same problem of every single King's team. And at this point, I can't even blame Brown because this has happened. This happened with uh, Gentry. Was it Gentry that took over last year uh, uh, after Walton? Yeah, it was Gentry. Yes, it was. So, so it happened with Gentry. Like it was still going on with Gentry. It was going on with Luke Walton. At this point, it's a personnel thing, and we're just going to have to see if Mike Brown gets them out of this. But they are fifth in the league in three-point attempts per game, 38.2. Their points in the paint, they're 14th in the league. But that's like their best asset is scoring in the paint. Like that, like their paint points, 14th in the league. And I know it's like middle of the league, but that doesn't give credit when you watch them play. They score in the paint. That is how they get their buckets. But they continue, continue, and continue to just shoot all of these threes. And ultimately, that ends up killing them in a lot of these games. And this is the matchup for them to exploit it. It's the matchup for them to exploit it because Charlotte is 30th in opponents' points in the paint. That makes That's, perfect sense because you got Mason Plumlee as your rim protector. And then, get, but so. guess what? They are first. First in three-point percentage, 38, 28.2%. First in opponents' three-point percentage. But here we are, exactly what the Kings are going to do in this game, like they do in every game, like they do every single year, no matter who's the coach. They're going to shoot a bunch of threes and not attack the paint when they probably should. I bet on this Kings team too many times and seeing this exact matchup of numbers of seeing, hey, they're playing a team that's really bad inside the paint. However, they don't exploit it. They try to shoot a bunch of threes and it ends up killing them. I cannot back the Kings in this spot in a road game on the other side of the coast. Give me the Charlotte Hornets here, plus three and the money line. Yeah, I agree. I think that this game is basically going to be a coin flip, so I'll take the plus money. But you're looking at how the Kings performed against the Heat. And no offense to a Maryland legend, Ke uh, Kevin Herter, but if you have to win a game because Kevin Herter goes 7 of 8 from the three-point line, I'm not going to pick it to duplicate that performance. I just think that Charlotte defensively, they're not a great unit, neither Sacramento. But Clifford has gotten his team to play better than people expected. And I think mm -hmm. that this team just has a general sense of cohesion. And I've seen the Kings be awful in the fourth quarter too many times. And I think that if you're talking about a game that could come down to the wire because the spread is so short, even though Sacramento is the much more talented team, I actually trust Charlotte more in the fourth quarter than I do Sacramento. And yeah. some of that's coaching. I think Clifford's a better coach than Mike Brown. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about total, 231 and a half. I mean – I'm assuming you're on the under because all the line movement and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't really, I can't really give you like confidence in saying that this goes over with the line movement. But I was definitely on the over beforehand, and maybe we can yeah. kind of cheat this a little bit and play this in a first half over. Let me look and see what these teams have been doing to the first half over. But I mean, like I said, they both excel where the other is weakest. So this this Sacramento Kings team, even though it's just 14 points in the paint, they are really, really good scoring in the paint. And Charlotte third is 30th, whereas this Kings team giving up 41 percent from three, 27th in the, M in the NBA. 27th in the NBA, 41 percent from three. They're almost making half of your threes against this Charlotte. I'm not this Charlotte, but this Sacramento Kings team. So I think that scoring is going to be at a premium like I. I don't trust them, especially that fourth quarter with the Kings. A first half over feels like the play for me. Yeah, I, I would lean to the over before you mentioned all the reverse line movement, but I really don't like either team defensively in this matchup. And I think if you're talking about what both teams should end up doing, they should be running. We know Sacramento is going to play fast with Fox at point guard and everything mm -hmm. like that. But we know Charlotte with 
their team has also played surprisingly fast under Clifford. So I'm going to lean to the over, but I don't think I can actually play it anymore because of all the line movement. It just seems a little bit too trappy to me. Yeah, three and three and three to the first half over for the Hornets, three and five for the Kings. Yeah, no, three and two. I'm sorry. Three and two for the okay. Kings, three and three for the Hornets. I I think that this is a good spot, and I think that it's somewhere where we can back this without backing the full game, especially trusting. Give me a first half over for these teams. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else you got? Not really. You think uh, this is a game where I'm probably not going to bet mo- a lot of money on, but if I'm going to lean anywhere, it probably would be Charlotte. Maybe something on Sabonis, contemplating yeah. if I want to do a type of player prop or something like that. I know Sabonis double-doubles, like minus 275, which I, that I can't really take, but I'm looking at the recent numbers. It was back when he was on in Indiana, but mm-hmm. I'm looking at these numbers here for Sabonis, and uh, yeah, he's torched Charlotte for a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. 15 and 18 last time out, eight and six the time before that. Only played 22 minutes, which is kind of weird. Had 33 and 15, 14 and 21, eight and 10, which is not great. 22 and 11, 22 and 11, 21 and 15, 18 and 12, 12 and 12. All right. So he's torched this team since basically 2019. I feel like we can. There's a way we can back that. I got to look into that later. I, I saw rebounds were 11 and a half and minus 135 to the over. So I thought maybe going for like a points, rebounds, assist kind of thing, but I'm not sure if Sabonis yeah. actually shoots enough on this team. I don't know, but I like Sabonis to have a pretty good game. All right, let's go on to the next game of the slate. We have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Washington Wizards. Minus five and a half is the line on the road for the 76ers. Two sixteen and a half is the total dropped from two twenty two. Over here, looking at injuries for we have Corey Kispert doubt, doubtful, Joel Embiid is questionable, and Delon Wright is out. If Embiid's not playing, give me the maxi thirty five piece, and I'll just take that. I experienced it on Friday night in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. You know, I was like, all right, Embiid's going to be awful in transition defense. He might be a little bit out of shape to start the year. It turns out he was just injured. I was right about Embiid being below 100%. I just got the reason wrong. But I'm like, all right, Toronto will run the floor. They'll make it mm-hmm. miserable for him. Gets ruled out. And I'm like, I actually don't like Embiid being ruled out because now they're going to play faster. And Maxi didn't miss a shot for the first hour and a half of the game. Just went 10 for 10 in the first half. I saw Van Vliet go 0 for 11 in that game, by the way, for one point. It was one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen. (laughs) But I watched the entire thing. It was painful. But still, for this matchup, if Embiid is out, is that a deal breaker for you? Because I actually really like how Philly played without him on Friday night. Yeah. uh, No, it's not a deal breaker for me. It actually... Kind of make. I kind of like how the Sixers play when Embiid's I want to see. Yeah, I want to see how this goes. Like this is going to be. Are they going to run with pace? Are they going to play with, with Maxi? Yeah, Maxi and Harton. But mm-hmm. the thing is, sometimes Harton gets into that ISO ball, and it's like you can't really run if you're sitting waiting in the half court, letting him sign set up the ISO. Oh, Harton's been playing in slow motion for the last couple of, weeks, of games. He just refuses to go up tempo. Yeah, Maxi's pushing so, it by himself. So that, but that just changes how everything is. Like if yeah. they kind of stagger Maxi and Harton at some point, give Harton some rest and let Maxi run. He could take this team on a run, like just pushing the pace him and put in Paul Reed in the game. Still waiting for him to get some minutes, man. Wait till wait till Paul Reed starts getting some minutes. We're gonna slam Paul Reed pops because this is the team for him. Him being an undersized big and being able to run the floor against a lot of these other squads. Um, 
Can we talk for a second about how Harden's basically been a train wreck offensively for the last week and a half? Because he had, he had 12 points against San Antonio. Yeah. He, had, he went four for 18. Then he yeah. was really good against Indiana. I actually gave out his assist prop in that game. He had 29, 11, and 9. But once again, it's against Indiana, who doesn't guard anybody. Played Toronto twice, had 18 points in 36 minutes, 5 for 12 from the floor. Mm-hmm. Game after, had 11 points on 4 of 9 from the floor. And then against Chicago, had 15 and 11 on 2 of 13 from the floor. His last two games, he's 0 for 8 from 3. Like, Harden's kind of been a train wreck scoring the ball for the last week and a half. I'm not saying it's going to continue or not, and he hasn't needed to because they've won mm-hmm. games with either Embiid playing well or Maxi going for 44. But I am going to bring it up. Harden has really looked awful shooting the basketball for the last couple of weeks or last couple of games, I mean. Just going to throw yeah. that out there. No, no, I'm here with you. And I mean, both of these teams pretty like this is really both of these teams are right neck and neck. Points per game, 76ers average 109.3. Wizards average 109. Opponents points per game, 107.7 for the 76ers, 110.3 for the Wizards. I think it's going to come to who wants to control the game with the pace Mm -hmm. because the Wizards have actually been playing pretty good in a slower pace over the course of the season. And so if you slow the pace down for them, I think that they can be in it with their half-court sets. But if you run and you try to keep running, then I think that's when the 76ers are at their best. And so it's which one, I mean. This line feels like it's exactly where it should be, and that's kind of why I'm hesitating either way because I want to lean Philly, but I know the line will drop to like three if Embiid's ruled out, and I kind of would rather take them with Embiid being out at three than with Embiid at five and a half, as crazy as that sounds, because Mm -hmm. it's the one thing I've noticed about the 76ers all season long, and maybe it's why I'd consider 76ers first half. Yeah, They were an awful third-quarter team. Like a really bad third quarter team. And you've seen this team offensively, especially just come out flat in pretty much every game in the third quarter. And that's a testament to bad coaching, which is why a lot of people want Doc Rivers fired. But it's also why I don't know if I can actually take the Sixers on the full game here because I've just seen them look completely flat in the third quarter all the time. And I think if I was going to lean Philly, I'd probably lean first half. Yeah, and so just talking to your third quarter, I mean, I'll just let you guess. What is their record in seven games in the third quarter? I'm trying to think if they've ever won a, thir- a third quarter. Um, are they over? They are, are over seven. Are they over seven? Oh, like, seven ATS in the third quarter this season. I was going to say because I've watched a couple of their games and they get smacked in the fo- in the third quarter every time. Like I think they would be zero and seven. Yes, you just confirmed it. But yeah, they're a really bad third quarter team. Yeah, really. He's like, going to go for a dog play. Take the Wizards' third quarter money line. Yeah, I mean, it, 0 and 7, you can't. There's, they haven't You actually yet. can't get worse than that. You literally cannot get worse than that. All right. Yeah, Philly first half feels like a good play. I think the Wizards, I'm going to take the Wizards plus the five and a half because I this think that they have potential like to keep this close. Yeah. yeah, I feels like they could keep this close. If they lose this, this is going to be like a three, four, maybe even a two point game, last second type thing. Like, I feel like they can keep this game going and be really really close so yeah give me the wizards i think this might be a type of a middle where the 76ers win and the wizards get the cover but i like the wizards chance to win the game outright as well so give me wizards plus five and a half yeah and beal was especially garbage against the celtics i'm assuming he'll bounce back at home yep all right just saying the line moved to 216 what are you doing with total i can't answer this i gotta i gotta plead the fifth here because i don't know if Embiid's playing or not mm-hmm. if Embiid's going to play i'll, I'll take the under if he's not mm-hmm. going to play, I'll take the over. 
it's really all about pace. It's all, all about right. pace for me. And with Embiid and Harden, they play the slowest pace in the league. So I, I can't touch it. As of right now, I have to pass and defer to the second half because I'm going to have to wait to see if uh, Embiid's going to play or not. Yeah, I think it's really easy. I, I think we can tell people if he doesn't play, we're on the over. If, we're, if he plays, we're on the under. Yeah, I'm going to treat this like a coin toss. I'm going to choose the win direction, and I'll let you pick because I'm, I'm not going to bother for this one. I yeah. really got to wait to see the injury report. Yeah, that's my that's that's how I'm going to play it. If Embiid's playing, then I'm on the under. But if he's not playing, I'm on the over because I think this is a much, much quicker game. Mm. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Indian, the Indiana Pacers going to play the Brooklyn Nets. Minus Got to put some half. respect. The, the surging Indiana Pacers. Yeah, surging Indiana Pacers. They are. Minus 8.5 for the Brooklyn Nets. 236.5 is the total. These I'm gonna two like, teams just played. Yeah, they played. But, uh, yeah, Indiana, Indiana smacked them, but I'm going to let you go first because I feel like I can see you going both ways on this game because on one hand, Indiana just beat this team and you might be wondering how the hell the Nets are supposed to be favored by eight and a half. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, they had a, they had the classic players only meeting after the game. We're six games into the season. They had a players only meeting in the locker room and it's an immediate rematch. So I could see you making a case saying the Nets should be motivated to come back out here and smack this team. I think you go either way. So I'm kind of curious where you're going to go. I'm leaning Indiana. But I'm, I'm kind of curious if you want to make a case for the Nets. Uh, real quick injuries. Seth Curry, questionable. Aaron Neesmith, questionable. And CJ McConnell, questionable. So, and I wish I had, like, did we talk about this game when we were here on Friday? Was this on Friday when they played this last uh, week? No, this game was on Saturday. Saturday? Okay, no, we didn't talk about it. I think we was just, uh, as I look through every stat, like, these teams are, the Pacers are better. <laughs> yeah. Every single stat, like almost every single stat, the Pacers are better. Even in defense where the Pacers suck. The oh, the Nets, Nets might be really the worst bad. defensive team in the league. Like so far this season, the Nets have been the worst defensive team in the league. They're an absolute train wreck. And so this this went well, you did it go flying? Yeah, it kind of went flying over the total last oh, time. Oh, it, yeah, it, it, it flew. It yeah. went over. Yeah, so it it's went over the total last time. I'm on the over. I just can't not take an over. I yeah. I don't I don't care what the numbers or what the anything says. I can't not take an over with these two teams. Even though it is an immediate rematch and I typically if the first one went over, I typically take the under for the second one. But I don't trust Brooklyn to lock in defensively. I don't. The only thing that I think that Brooklyn is going to do is they're just going to go out there and score more points than than the Indianapolis, uh, not Indianapolis, but then the Indiana Pacers. I think they're just going to go out there and score more points than them. So eight and a half. It's a lot for a Nets team that's been atrocious. I think it's too many points. But do you buy into the players only meeting stuff? Because I know you care a lot about the emotions that the team's going through, stuff like that. But yeah, no, no, I no, good, I, I, no, I buy in. I buy in that they're gonna go and try to turn things around, but I don't think that it's gonna. I think that it's gonna gradually get better. I don't think it's gonna just turn in one day. I mean, this feels very chalky to take Indiana plus eight and a half, but I feel like you got to yeah. do it. That's why I, I asked like because this line does seem like one of the trappiest can, lines of the day. I can see Brooklyn winning this by like five. Durant was basically a non-factor for the first two and a half quarters of the game on Saturday, and you're kind of expecting him to probably go for 35 in this game because he was so bad. 
in the last game. Kyrie at 35. Despite all the off-the-court stuff, Kyrie's been great this year. There's really no way around how well he's been on the court. But you're looking at Durant. He had 26 points, 8 of 20. I want to say he had like 12 points through two and a half quarters. He really wasn't much of a factor. And then he kind of picked it up at the end to get some numbers. Uh, Simmons had 9, 9, and 8. So if you want to go for maybe a double-double prop on Simmons, I don't hate it because – I do think he could. I think he scored the first basket that game too. He's been he scored the first basket. That's a like a post up move. It looked hideous, but it went in the basket. That's all yeah. that matters. But I'm just trying to think of any props I can give out here. I think Kyrie's going to go nuclear again. He's just been so good this year. But Simmons double double might have some value on it. What's his nine, points? Nine and What's his point set? Uh, eight and a half. Uh, actually, no, it's nine and a half now at plus one hundred five. Oh, yeah. it, it was eight and a half. Wait, the, wait, what's that plus one hundred five? So Simmons over, over nine and a half is plus oh, 105. Oh, okay. I was about to say, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm still on the under. Still riding Ben Simmons unders. Yeah, just saying that Simmons had it at eight and a half. It went up to nine, but he almost had a triple-double last game. So and if I you think want to that's make a where, case. Matter of fact, yeah. let's just take a let's just, let's just take a whole, uh, Ben Simmons under. Like, Ben had a great game last time, and, you know, for what he's been doing, that was a great game. I think he could just go all unders this game and just completely dud, and everybody's like, oh, fuck Ben Simmons again. I can't even take Ben Simmons like triple double for a fun lean because he hasn't scored 10 points in a game yet. And his triple doubles nine to one, which is absurd. I mean, if you're yeah. going to, you haven't even scored 10 points yet. That should be at least like 15, 14 to one, something yeah. like that. I would probably play it at 14 to one, but I can't play that at nine to one. All right. So we're on Indiana and the points and we're on over. Yeah. And I'm also looking at Indiana team total over realistically, if they're going to yeah. cover, they're going to come close to it. They're scoring at least 113. I mean, one thirteen honestly, and a half. Honestly, crazy they could team they could score they could score those points and not cover and still yeah. score those points because both of these teams are that bad defensively. I don't think the Nets are going to have one locker room meeting and suddenly start becoming a world beater defensively. It's yeah. going to take a while. All right, next game on the slate we have the Atlanta Hawks going to play the Toronto Raptors minus three at home for the Raptors. Two twenty two and a half is the total. Going to an injury report here, and we have Fred Van Fleet, who is questionable after, like you said, pretty bad performance over the weekend. It was the worst game I've ever seen an NBA player play. I'm not even exaggerating. He went 0 for 11 in 31 minutes with one point. Mm. It was the worst performance I've ever seen from an NBA player. He oh, should no. not be I, playing. He's, nah, he's clearly injured. Nah, I, I, hmm. I got to go back and look at the tape because there's, there's been a rust game that I'm thinking in my head that was really, really bad. Uh, Russ games might be excluded because he went over on national TV <laughs> against the Clippers. Okay. But at least he <laughs> tried right. defensively. He had a couple of steals against Kawhi in the fourth quarter. Van Vliet did nothing on both sides of the ball that entire game. He should not be playing. He looked injured for the entire game. All right. What are you doing here? Plus three with the Hawks on the road. Uh, this one's very, very tricky. I think I have to go with the Raptors in this spot. Uh, it's mm-hmm. mostly based on schedule. I, I just think it's a much better spot for Toronto. Uh, if you want to just follow the pity angle on my end, it's the game after theory for Toronto, so they have to play well in this game, right? Isn't that usually how it goes? But Atlanta is <laughs> a good offensive team. I don't think they're very good defensively right now. They're going to work on it, but as of right now, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Trey's been really flipping the switch offensively in terms of scoring, and we've seen it the last couple games. He put up what he put up forty. In, did he put up forty in change against Milwaukee? He got oh. to forty in the end. So I, I gotta I gotta double check to see if he got there. I didn't know he was I going think crazy. Forty two in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll confirm it right now. But I'm yeah, pretty I'm looking sure he had like forty two. Uh, he had forty two points against Milwaukee, like yeah. on the dot. So yeah, he was great defensively. Though they're not a very good team, and I think that of course. 
We're not surprised by that because Capella's splitting minutes now with a Kung Wu. Uh, DeJounte Murray's a good defensive player, but he's one guy. So you have to kind of wonder what to expect. But you're just going through the numbers here. They've given up at least 113, 112 points in each of the last four games. They have won two of the last three. Beat Detroit twice, though. I don't know if that really counts, but that still, I guess, counts for something. And then mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and they beat him. But are you blindly looking at Trey Young over for points? Because he attempted 32 shots against the Bucks. 32 shot attempts. Like, he's he's chucking right now. It's worked out. But I think I'm going to lean to Toronto. At home, I like the defense. I think that just from an overall depth perspective, they're a much better team than Atlanta. I really mm-hmm. don't like Atlanta's bench at all. I think that's the story of the game. I think Siakam will have a big game. I think that you'll see probably Trent Jr. have a good game also from three. But I'll go with Toronto, with or without uh, Van Vliet. I just think it's a good bounce-back spot after they got embarrassed by an Embiidless 76er team. So I like the Raptors in the spot. Yeah, this Raptors team is the same team that they are every year. They're really, really good defensively. Third in opponents' points per game and 106.2 points per game. But... The offensive numbers don't give it enough credit because they they're so good defensively they don't have to go score a bunch of points. They're 29th in opponent in their own points per game with 104.8, but it's because they they don't have to score much. They typically hold these other teams to really low totals, and I think it could be a little bit of this same thing with this Hawks team that yeah Trey Young is going crazy, but overall and even with Trey Young at some point they're still struggling shooting the basketball. They don't have any supporting cast that can shoot because Bogdanovich has been banged up, but you yeah. can go through the lineups. I mean, they're throwing Aaron Holiday off the bench. DeJounte has been okay from three. He's never really been known for being a marksman from three. Gallinari is not on the team anymore. Herder's hitting seven threes in a game for Sacramento, so that doesn't help them. They just don't have any spacing. And if you watch Atlanta play, it seems like every possession is basically just a pick and roll from the center. And then if you kind of clog in on Trey Young – what, you're going to rely on a John Collins three-pointer? Like, they really mm-hmm. don't have many great floor spacers, and I think Toronto's going to exploit it. Yeah. I um... And Toronto team defensive, team, just team defense, I think, is going to be a story here because if you run a pick and roll and you switch everything, Siakam's not going to get fully torched. Scotty Barnes is a good defensive player. They yeah. just have a lot of big and tall players that can actually match up somewhat well on Trey Young pick-and-roll-wise, at least compared to other teams. Trey's still going to get by them every now and then, but I do like Toronto's overall team defense. I think it's good enough for me in the spot. I'm going to go with Toronto. I think it's a good spot. Yeah, I've been on the home advantage for Toronto and saying that it's going to be really Killed me against the Sixers, but still. Yeah. I I like the home court. Yeah, and so – I think they slowed this game down. They played more Toronto-style basketball. Atlanta's going to come in here and try to run, and I don't think they're going to be very successful in it. So, yeah, give me Toronto minus three here. It feels, it feels a, little, a little chalky of a play, but it, it feels like that's the right spot right there. Toronto minus three. Total set at 222 and a half. I think I'm gonna, I am got to take the over, or at least the team total over for Toronto because I really have seen nothing defensively from Atlanta for the last couple games. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's, my thing is, yeah. does Atlanta, so Atlanta put up, Atlanta did put up points against Milwaukee. Milwaukee is one of the best defensive teams in the league. So mm. I think I'm leaning to the over, but I like Toronto team total over, though. I'm really just low on this Atlanta defense right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust Atlanta to keep up their portion. All right, give me an over. If you want to buy into last year, by the way, Toronto won the three of the four meetings by at least six points. Yep. 
That's last year, but still, I'm just going to throw it out there. Toronto did very well against the Hawks last season. All right. Before we get into the next game, Slate, got to talk to you about WinBet. And make sure you head over to WinBet to bet $100, get their $100 promotion where a $100 bet qualifies you for a $100 free bet. So you get a bet. You go in, get your, start your account. You get a hundred dollars, place a hundred dollar bet. You get a hundred dollar free bet. So you get a free bet for doing what you're going to do in the first place. I mean, come on, from great it's promos, free money, odds. Free I, money. I, I, it doesn't. I don't know. I'll be trying to tell people, Scott. I'll be trying to tell them they have the win bet uh, live hour where you can go there and you'll get better odds than anybody else during their hours of five to six p.m. Eastern time. So. I mean, each Thursday, even each and every Thursday, one hour, five to six, you get the best odds than anybody else. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say. You have Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. So much shoes from all you have to do is head over to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. All subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 older and present in state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 All right. We're also brought to you by us, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're giving you a chance to win either an autograph, Lawrence Taylor, or Brian Dawkins jersey. Free to enter. Just go to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each new video is another chance to win. So each comment on a new video, you can get more and more chances to win. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss SGP. Call t- contacting you when they pull the winner. And I mean, of course, you're picking the Lawrence Taylor jersey. All right, let's get into the next game of the slate. Largest one on the board, too, because the Milwaukee Bucks are 5-0 and and at home hosting the Detroit Pistons. 2-5 and on the season for the Detroit Pistons. Minus 13 for the Bucks at home. Ticked also back, it's also a back-to-back for the Pistons. Yeah, back-to-back for the Pistons. Minus 12.5 is what it opened. Ticked up half a point after the Pistons game last night. 224.5 is the total. That's actually dropped from 227. Go in and click in here. I'm not going to have anything for the Pistons side, seeing as they just played yesterday. But I do. Well, I can tell you that Jalen Duran is doubtful. But I do have AJ Green, who is out for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. I was looking and I was digging and I was digging deep, deep down and hard, trying to find any way I could back the Pistons tonight. The only thing that I can tell you is that since 2004, the road team on a back-to-back early in the season, like the first, I think it's the first like 10 to 15 games or something like that. The road team on a back-to-back is actually, like if a road team has a back-to-back, that team is actually like some above 50%. I know for a fact it's above 50%. The numbers may have changed a little bit. I'm still putting it together, but somewhere around 55%. 55% ATS is the road team on a back-to-back. Am I wrong for season. just assuming that Cade's not going to play in this game? I I wouldn't say so. If he does, I wouldn't be surprised. But if he, it looks like he probably is going to trend towards out after last night. I'm just assuming so. Now, as of right now, we haven't heard anything. But we've seen Ivy, for example, get rested on a back-to-back already this season. And I'm kind of curious, since uh, Cunningham's played every game, is it worth it? Like I don't, I don't know. I'm, they might go into the game thinking that Milwaukee's going to kill them anyway. So I. But bother, it's like but. it's like. Well, I, I mean, what's the point? I mean, you're not going anywhere. At 
I'm just speaking really hypothetical. I'm just talking about some hypotheticals because if you want to keep Kate healthy and if you want to talk about how teams have rested players on back to backs, I think it's a decent spot for the Pistons to bench Kate. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, so if you want to if you want to take Detroit, wait for the injury report or wait for the official lineups. That's kind of my point. Bucks number one defense in the league right now. Opponents points per game one hundred three. That's first in the NBA. Pistons terrible in defense, uh, 29th out of 30 teams in defensive rating, giving up 121.6 points per game. That's 28th in the league. Even 36.5% from three. That's 20. This Bucks team offensively hasn't clicked like we've seen them in the past. We've seen and, the Bucks offensively. Out, so that yeah. makes sense. And offensively, we've seen them be like one of the best teams, like top five offensive mm-hmm. team. And that's just not the case. Now, they're still really good defensively, but it's just not the case for them offensively this year, this game. I mean, this year. So that is kind of where I could see an angle that they just don't show up offensively for this game. The Pistons, you know, played the back-to-back earlier on in the season. They're a very young team, so they kind of might be in a little bit more rhythm and able to really exploit their offense this game. I'm just close my eyes and take the Pistons plus 13. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to Milwaukee here, especially after such an awful defensive performance against the Hawks last time out. They won the game defensively, though they were not great. I think it's a nice spot for Budenhoser to get his team ready to roll uh, defensively, and I think they'll get back on track. Once again, I mentioned that Cade might not play in this game. If he doesn't play, I'm on Milwaukee. That's the point. I feel like you got to wait for the injury report no matter what. This is a game where there's really no rush to sprint to the window. Yeah. Uh, unless you think there's a real chance that K doesn't play. And if you think there's a real chance, do you still want to sprint to bet Milwaukee minus 13? Like, yeah, I, like I don't know. I don't know. No, I think you I'm could not. wait it out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But for this game, the one prop I'm tempted by really just involves Giannis dominating because mm-hmm. I think he could go for a 40 piece in this game. The problem is, since they're favored by 13 and change, do I think there's blowout potential? And do I think Giannis could get benched for the fourth quarter if they're up 30? Yep. Yes. So that's why I'm not exactly sure if I want to sprint to take really anything in this game. I don't have any thoughts. It's really a pure pass for me. I'm leaning Milwaukee because I think there's a decent chance K doesn't play. But I, I don't see much that I actually just like from a betting perspective right now. And I can't even take props on Detroit because they got none, they got none available because they don't know who's going to play. I mean, the Bucks are five and zero. How do you get up for this game? Like, the how team do you is get so up? Damn good. How do you get up for this game with the Pistons coming on a back to back? At you're at home. The Pistons coming in off a of back to back. You're like, there, there's. Well, I don't Milwaukee's see how you can get up for this. For the last like since Giannis got there, they've owned Detroit. They went pretty much every meeting against Detroit. I know last year, I think it was last year, Detroit won one time. It was like a double digit underdog. They won outright, and. Detroit basically had yeah. a parade because they never beat Milwaukee with Giannis. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I have to assume Milwaukee's going to look very comfortable in this game. But uh, Milwaukee is one stat two. They are three and two ATS in the last five versus the uh, Pistons. Pistons. With that, like you said, that one outright win for the Pistons as a seventeen point underdog in January. Uh, I feel like who's running to the window to bet the Pistons? Like, I who's like running to the window to really bet on anybody right now? You can argue Milwaukee, but it's I gotta wait for the I gotta wait for the injury report. Yeah, I yeah, I gotta see the injury report, but I'm I'm just gonna lean. It, it just feels like a terrible spot for Milwaukee. Why would you get up for this game? Like, I think I'd rather live bet it. 
Milwaukee yeah. gets up early to 20 points and you can just head check. You can just bet halfway through, take the Pistons along. Or even the, like if the Pistons just, if the Pistons just come out like they're on fire mm-hmm. and keep this close for a little bit, get a dip in Milwaukee. And yeah, you could really middle that. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the, oh, wait, 224 and a half. The total, I mean, I'm on an under. I, I, I'm, I'm on an under, especially if Kate doesn't play. Now, if Kate plays, then maybe you could talk me into uh, there being some points and the Pistons just finding something offensively. But how good this Bucks defense is, I, I don't like it. Like, just give me an under on this game. I think for this one, I'll lean Milwaukee team total over. Because the Pistons' mm-hmm. last couple of games, they've been playing a lot faster. And yeah. defensively, they've been a train wreck. I mean, you mentioned how bad the defense is. But to go through the games up to this point, they beat Golden State. A uh, very impressive win yesterday. They scored 128 points. They gave up 114. So it wasn't like they were great defensively, but they were good offensively. Game before that, gave up 136 to Atlanta. Game before that, gave up 118 to Atlanta. Gave up 120 on the road to Washington. Mm-hmm. Gave up 124 to Indiana and gave up 130 to the Knicks. So in the three road games they've played, they have given up at least 120 points. They're just an awful road team. So yeah. I'll go with Milwaukee team total over. I'm telling you, the only way that they don't hit that team total over is if, like I said, they just completely they look past the scene. Yeah, yeah, just don't care. They just don't care. They say, hey, we're we're locking them up on defense so much. We don't have to score the basketball. Like, they're not going to score on us. That's the only way I could possibly see it. That, I think Giannis goes for like 35, 15, and 8 tonight. 18 and a half is the – 118 and a half is the total for the – I mean, 218. Bucks. Oh, 118. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the over there. I said they're going to be at least 120 in every road game. So, yeah. All right. Memphis Grizzlies are on the road to play the Utah Jazz minus two for the Grizzlies, two twenty nine and a half for is the total line the actually opened rematch, up. Right? Uh, I think they just played. Yeah, they did. Yeah, this is in. Wait, where is that? Utah won. Yeah, this is an immediate. This is an immediate rematch. They won by one, one twenty four, one twenty three. That went flying over the total plus three for the Jazz hit. I mean, I understand why the total why people are coming in on Utah, but I'm backing I'm backing Memphis here. I, I can't back Memphis here. I don't know who's gonna play. Not only is Jock questionable, Bain's questionable. I don't know who's gonna play for this team. I don't know. It's just even with even with with injuries in this Memphis team, they still play well over like over the course. They always just seem to play well. If I can get one of the two, I feel pretty confident in betting Memphis here against this Utah team. And it's really just more of while Utah is a lot deeper than we thought, like they have a lot of depth and the talent is playing like it. But this Grizzlies team has just that maxi. Like they just have something about them that it doesn't matter who that guy is. They can always rely on a different guy to just kind of help. Now, you know, the main guys, Desmond Bain, John Morant, Dylan Brooks had a big game the other night. I know, you know, that you was like, what was double O double O bond doing there? Double O Brooks was double O Brooks doing there, but he had a really big game and they're doing all this without Jaron Jackson jr. I mean, I, I do <laughs> think based on the line, it makes sense because Memphis should have keyword should have won the game or yeah. keyword should, because they were up five with two, four with two twenty two to go. And they ended up losing the game. They just got absolutely torched. Uh, they were up four with two minutes to go. 
Uh, and then they ended up getting outscored 8-3 to three the rest of the game, and they lost by one. So Memphis should have won the game. They kind of fell apart down the stretch there. Mm-hmm. But I can't take Memphis if Ja and Bain are both questionable. That I can't do. So it's another one of those games I have to see the injury report. And I know it gets a bit annoying because you go to a picks podcast mm-hmm. and you're hoping for picks. But, I mean, what am I supposed to say? The NBA nah, report's I'm... already in full season mode, and we're only two weeks in. I, if Ja and Bain are both out, I'll lean Utah. If one of those two play, I'll take Memphis. If one of those two plays, I'll lock Memphis. I like Memphis regardless. Memphis plays really well without their star players, and it's just because of how Taylor revenge Jenkins is coaching too. that game. Yeah, and it's a revenge angle, but it's also how Jay- Taylor Jenkins coaches that team. And how he just get they literally preach next man up and they show it in their games, even with the games with their star players out. They still find different ways to win those games. The real best bet in this, regardless of what happens, is this total opened up at two thirty five and a half and the under money poured in when Ja and Desmond Bain are questionable. Now it's sitting at two twenty nine and a half. Give me the over. Oh, my gosh. I like the over. Give me the over. That is a lock for sure. And that this is could be locked. Like lot territory for the show. There is a prop that I do like in the in the game. I'm trying to pull up the actual line on it, but it's going to be a low points prop, and I actually think that's still going to be too high. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have it. That sucks. I was going to take Stephen Adams under, yeah, because uh, I'm sure it's going to be around like six and a half or whatever. Yeah. I like the under. Uh, it's a terrible matchup for Adams, and we know that the Grizzlies are willing to pull him entirely if mm-hmm. there are matchups that don't go his way. Mostly against stretch big men. And Utah has the likes of Kelly Olenek, who can shoot threes. And Steven Adams, in the first game, played in 19 minutes, had two points, mm. 10 rebounds, classic Steven Adams stat line, had four turnovers and four personal fouls. And he only, he only attempted two shots. It's a really bad matchup for Adams. They really can't use him on the floor. Because we know Utah is going to want to stretch everybody out and mm. try to open up the paint for the guards to actually drive so I like Adams unders, but unfortunately, I don't have a line on it. So there you go. Yeah, Utah first in the NBA in three points attempted per game, 40.9. It's obvious Grizzlies. what they're going to do. They're going to get Adams in every pick and roll. Like, he can't be on the floor. We yeah. saw this against Memphis in the playoffs. Yeah, so that, that's against Minnesota gonna in the playoffs. Sorry. That's going to help take him off the floor. You have 36.9% is what the Grizzlies are averaging two opponents from three. That's 23rd in the NBA. I just, the Grizzlies are really bad defensively. They're not good defensively. 121.5 points per game for opponents, 27th in the NBA. (laughs) They are just terrible defensive team, 28th in the NBA in defensive rating. They're going to give up a bunch of points, but they're first in points per game because they can score. And no matter what happens, even whether, whether their starters are playing or not, they always find ways to score the basketball. So, yep. I, I love an over for this one. I think you're getting a great number with all the money coming in on the under. You're, you're getting a great number at 229 and a half. All I know is that if Ja and Bain don't play and this player props up, I don't like the player, but give me the Brooks over for points. Yeah. Who, who else is supposed to shoot 20 times on this team? Brooks is going to get the ultimate green light for better or worse because of who potentially is going to be out. If Ja and Bain are out, Brooks might take enough shots to score 35 points. That's all I'm yeah, saying. For sure. All right. Next game on the slate, we have last game on the slate. Houston Rockets going to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Clippers. Minus nine and a half for the Clippers. 224 is the total. 
And clicking here for an injury report, we have John Wall is doubtful and Robert Covington is out. Rockets played last night as well on a back-to-back when they played the... They hung around against Phoenix. Of course yeah. they lost, but they tried. Yeah, but they it was towards the end. Towards the end is when yeah, Phoenix pulled away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very short and to the point here. I'm on Houston. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't like this Clippers team. I so this watching is watching them against the Lakers. I don't think they're very good. This is what I think. I'm going to go ahead and just call this already. I think the Clippers are what Utah Jazz were for me last year. And I think this is a team that we cannot back them with a huge spread. I've been fading them the entire year. I gave out the yeah. Thunder money line against them as a dog yeah. at like two to one. That cashed either time. Yeah, I caught. Yeah, I caught him the first time and got it on the first one. I got him the second time. I I just watched this team play against the Lakers and I made money. I had the Clippers minus five and a half, and they won by six in the end. But at no point in the game did I think this team was impressive. And you're looking at the constant fluctu- fluctuation with the roster because Kawhi is barely going to play right now. Kawhi's played one game. He hasn't yeah. played since the season opener. It's a serious red flag for the knee issues. Paul George has also been in and out of the lineup with illnesses or with injuries, and he looked awful his last time out. What is there to like about this Clippers team? People talk about the depth, and you might be missing Covington and John Wall. I I don't think this team is very good, and Houston is not a good team. Don't get me wrong. I think Silas is a very bad fit as the head coach with this current roster. They should be playing a lot faster. I don't know why they're playing slow with two guards who don't know how to play defense, but I do think if you want to talk about – the pathway for the Rockets to win this game, I think it's pretty simple. They're going to look for Green to have a big game. Porter can do well, too, and maybe Jabari Smith can do something on the interior. But I'm not laying nine with the Clippers. I mean, I'll ask you this question. Who would you rather lay nine with right now, the Nets or the Clippers? Nets. I agree. Because I can at least I can at least, least trust the Nets to score. I can yeah. at least trust. In the best offensive game for the Clippers this season, they won 111 to 109. Against the Sacramento Kings, they're not a good offensive team. And even in that game, good, yes, one hundred. But even in that points Kings game. game, it was a bit freakish because Paul George had forty. Yeah, he's been awful in every other game. It. I mean, I just this Clippers team is not. I don't think that they look good. They no, don't look good. They right don't. Now. I called them and out in the first game of the season. They just don't have that killer instinct to me. We can't it back like them. They're going through the motion. We cannot back them as large favorites. I don't. I can't. I, it is literally impossible. I don't care if it's, they're on a back to back. And I just told you about road teams in a back-to-back. They're also give very me, young. Give me Houston on a possible. I'm going to take Houston on a money line play and just go into straight. Whenever they give us a large spread with the Clippers, we're going to fade them because they offensively they can't do anything. They can't do anything offensively. And it's different than how the Raptors are because we know the Raptors are typically not a high-scoring team, but it's because they hold other teams to set. No, the Clippers are literally trying, and they can't do anything offensively. I, I I don't I, I don't see it I don't see it at all I don't know why this line is this high maybe it's because yeah, and, and you mentioned back to backs as well Houston's average age for the starting lineups like what twenty three I think if they'll that. live playing a back to back I think they'll be fine so I like Houston there maybe even on the money line I just think no the I like right it now on or an auto fit I I'm going to give the Clippers that treatment until they see it we've gotten two pretty decently sized spreads. With the plus seven and the plus, uh, well, really both of them were at seven. One dropped because mm-hmm. of players of Shea being added. So one closed at like five and a half, but plus seven, plus five and a half, both cash. 
I don't think we can lay that many points. If the Clippers win this game, they win close. I like sweating a Houston money line. And if Houston starts the game fast, oh my God. If they mm-hmm. if they have a good first quarter, it's going to be over Achilles before the game they are, they are awful offensively in the first quarter. But if they piece it together, the Clippers might be on serious upset alert because you're looking at the Oklahoma City teams that beat them twice last week. Shea was great. We know that Jalen Green could put up 30-plus in any given game. But is that supporting cast good? Like, get it in play? Didn't matter. They don't have much talent besides Shea, and they won comfortably. Both times. I don't think the Clippers are good. Yeah, no. This is <laughs> I just I can't I can't back that. Can't By the way, I'm looking at the comment section. Uh Jose joining us from Venezuela. How's it going? Nice to see oh, you. Oh, hey, what's going on? What's going uh, on? He's, Jose? Asking Appreciate for, you. he's asking for our opinion on the Washington game. We talked about it before. Uh we really, really like Washington third quarter because the Sixers are 0 7 against the spread in the third quarter. As for the game. We really didn't have an opinion on it because we don't know if Embiid's going to play. So we kind of we're going to have to kind of wait and see, but we don't know if Embiid's going to play. So we kind of have to view it from this perspective. If Embiid plays, we like Washington. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play, we'll take the Sixers at a shorter spread. Yep. Yep. So. Hey, and if if you're listening to the podcast version, you're not on the uh what's it called and you're not on the youtube, YouTube version where you can see the chat it's on twitter scott too. just yeah yeah it's on twitter too scott just translated what he said because he, he sent it in spanish and espanol and scott translated and gave the and gave the response back so yeah shout out to you scott he's been i, I gave it back in english free. i mean yeah he gave it back in english but it's still you translated so i you know and I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm not gonna give no free promotion out here right now. You gotta pay for the promotion, but Scott's been working on his Spanish. If you know, you know. Scott's been working on his Spanish. I like that. All right, let's go ahead and get to locking dog in the show. Yeah. Uh, in in other words, uh, me gusta los magos. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with the Wizards. There you go. All right. Oh, and that total, I'm two twenty four. I'm under because I I just don't. I can see Houston. Yeah, and Houston has been pretty bad offensively this season, but they still have enough that they can score more than this Clippers team. So, yeah, just give me an under 224 for that. Yeah. All right, lock and dog for my lock. There's a lot that I like. Uh, do I think both? Of, I think I get one of them. I think I get one of the two. Give me a Memphis Grizzlies to get the win in automatic rematch. Minus two. I think that's the best line. Once I get – because if I get one or the other, the line is probably going to jump up a point. And if they're both out, then I'm probably – I still feel pretty decent about it. But if I get one or the other, the line is probably going to jump back up. Give me Memphis minus two. That's my lock. For my dog, do I want to give you – I really do think Charlotte gets the win, but I mean, it's me and I wouldn't be me if I didn't, you know, give me Just Houston plus 350. Yeah. Give me Houston money line plus 350. This Clippers team sucks. Yeah. So for me, I am going to pick the same thing as you with Houston, but I'll take it as a lock. I'll go with Houston plus a nine and a half. Actually, do I want the plus nine and a half for the Clippers team total under? That's the, that's I, the mean, even, even I mean, even even if they cover that line, they still probably can't get over their team's total. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to just pull up the exact number that it is right now. It's 117 and a half. Like, oh, that's that's so high for this Clippers team. 
How many times have they scored over that this season? What do you think? Zero. Then they haven't even gotten to one twelve this season in a game. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with the uh, Clippers team total under as my lock at one seventeen and a half. I know the Rockets aren't a great defensive team. Just guess. How many times have the Clippers passed their team total this season? Like the team total that was set for that game. How many times have they gotten over it? I think it's zero. They are 0-6. I was going to say, like, I, I don't think they've gotten there. So that's, I'll go with the under. 117.5 is crazy. And even with a team that's not a good rebounding unit like Houston, you're looking at what the Clippers have, and Zubak could put up a decent game in terms of rebounds. Is he a great offensive player? Not really. They're not going to run the offense through Zubak at any point during this game. Maybe they should, but they won't. Give me the team total under for the Clippers at 117.5. I think if the Rockets end up covering, which we think they will, they're not going to give up 120, and the Clippers will probably end up scoring 110 in this game. Yeah. I can see that happening. So give me the Clippers team total under 117.5 as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go back to it because we talked about it, and it's going to be a fun play for me because we try to promote D-Gen action, and we're going to go with a quarter play in this one. It's going to be the Wizards' third quarter, and unfortunately, I don't know if I can find a line on it. Can you find a line on it? Uh... I think we'd be looking. I know I definitely can, but uh, the one book I was looking at doesn't have it up right now. So let me see if I can pull it up for a second. Uh, Third quarter, I see it at plus 106. Give me the plus 106 on the the money line there uh, for the Wizards' third quarter. I mean, you mentioned the magic number, but the magic numbers, the 76ers are 0 7 in the third quarter against the spread. And we've talked about a Doc Rivers is really in, I'd say, an antiquated is he just an he's just an old coach at this point. I'm not gonna say he's fully obsolete, but he's definitely not exactly good at making mid-game adjustments. And we've seen him get torched in the third quarter out of halftime. And I think you're gonna see it again. The Wizards might get off to a slow start, but they have the home crowd. They might show urgency in the third quarter as a result. I'm gonna fade the Sixers in the third quarter because they're 0-7 in the third quarter. Give me the Wizards third quarter money line at plus one oh six is my dog. Yeah, all right. I like it. I like it. Uh, I mean, this is a good slate. I like this slate. I really feel good about this slate. So hopefully it doesn't it doesn't have a bad anything bad about it. But anything else for the show before we get up out of here? No, not really. Looking forward to uh, cashing some bets tonight, and looking forward to you know all the other sports going on. Monday Night Football. I know I did a podcast for that on the NFL Gambling Podcast. So check that out if you want some NFL information. But yeah, I had a good weekend. Hopefully we have a good week. So let's keep it rolling. Yeah, and definitely start looking at your trend data. The captain talking about like the trend data in there. Yeah, look at your trend data. We have six, seven games for every team in the league now. So we have some pretty solid data that we could go back to for this season and try to predict who these teams are in the future. Like the Clippers. Don't think the Clippers are a good team that you want to back as a heavy favorite. So we'll see. All right. Other than that, we're going to close the show out. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. Uh, NBA Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to all the shows on the network. Catch us on all the different things we have going on, whether it's tennis, college football, college basketball, NFL, all of that. We'll see you again later this week. Other than that, happy Halloween. No idea how else to end the show other than, you know, maybe I'll give you a little, a little, yeah, a little something like that for the video, but we up out of here. Peace. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to